Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Hi, Sarah. Welcome so much. And thank you so much for being here. Um, please introduce yourself to everyone and um, and then we'll dive in. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be part of this conference um, my name is Sarah, and for those who might know me from Instagram, um, I'm the pregnancy after loss doula. Um, I am mama to a baby in heaven that we call Peanut, and to a baby who is about to be born um, really any day now. <laughs> um, his name is Josiah, birth and bereavement doula. So um, let's dive into um, your first your first sort of pregnancy and what you were doing before that. Cause I know you were a pregnancy doula. So you were kind of preparing yourself in a sense for your own, um, you know, pregnancy. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So the very, very beginning starts a lot of years ago. <laughs> um, I have always been interested in birth and um, eventually well, my, my parents' best friends had their baby in our house. And um, so just birth was kind of a thing that we talked about a lot. Um, and I've always been interested in it. And so sometime shortly after college, I learned what a doula was. Um, a doula is a support person for birth. Um, we don't do anything medical, but we're just there for emotional and physical support for the mom during birth and to help with understanding what's going on and filling in knowledge and that kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, that's what I want to do and what I want to be. Um, so I became a doula before I ever had, uh, was pregnant or had children or anything. Um, and then in the fall of 2020, um, my husband and I found out that we were pregnant and we were so excited. We'd only been trying for two months at that point. <laughs> and so, um, I expected it to take longer, honestly, for us to get pregnant, but it was so excited. Um, and then just a few weeks into pregnancy, um, I had a little bit of spotting that I was concerned about. Um, and my doula training told me it was nothing to worry about, but my gut told me this is not good. <laughs> and so I booked an appointment with my OB the very next day and went in and um, was told what every mom dreads hearing and what I believe everybody uh, part of this conference has heard that there is no heartbeat and that my baby had died. Um, and at that point, my baby had probably been gone for two weeks at that point, and I didn't even know it. Um, uh, he... I, I think it was a boy, so we call him a heat, <laughs> but I think that he, um, he was measuring about five weeks and I should have been about seven weeks along and there was no heartbeat and, um, it was COVID. So I was at that appointment all alone and, 
I left the doctor's office kind of in shock and didn't start crying until I was in the car trying to FaceTime my husband and was like, you have to pick up, you have to pick up because I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't answer. And that's when the tears started coming. Um, And when it settled in that maybe this is real and maybe I am one of those people who loses a baby and um, no one in my family had ever lost a baby before. No one in my husband's family had ever lost a baby before, at least not immediate family. And so we were just at a loss, didn't know what to do. And um, so I went home and I am a big researcher. And also because of being a doula, I, I knew that this is a baby and that it couldn't, it wouldn't just be a heavy period like the doctor told me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what to expect. So I started doing tons of searching and looking and trying to understand and stumbled across a website called Still Birthday. Um, and Still Birthday was the first place that I found that acknowledged that even a very, very early birth like mine. <laughs> Um, was still a birth and a baby is still born. Um, And there are still contractions. uh, Your cervix still dilates. Um, It is very much a birth. And so I went into the next couple of weeks with that knowledge of I'm looking for labor signs. And when I am going into labor, then I know that my body is miscarrying this baby. Yeah, so all of that, the learning that Peanut had passed away, that was two days before Christmas, or three days before Christmas. Um, And we right away called our parents, and they cried with us and prayed with us. (laughs) Um, And I'm thankful for godly parents, because even in our sorrow, they reminded us um, of the care of God and that even though we didn't understand it, um, that this wasn't a surprise to God. And um, and we knew that they would pray for us. And really that was what we needed at that time was the promise that people would pray for us and that they loved us. Um, so we told them the, the very day that we found out. And then over the next couple of days, we told our siblings, and that is not something you ever want to, to tell people at all, but especially at Christmas time. Um, so, yeah, I, my siblings and my husband's siblings, um, they cried with us and they prayed with us and they loved us and assured us that they loved our baby too. Um And I have one sister who has some special needs, um, and she at first didn't understand what was going on. So her very first question was, uh, was it a boy or a girl? (laughs) And we, of course, didn't know that it was really. Um, And then her second question was, what was his name? Um, And at that point, we had been calling the baby Peanut. Um, And so Peanut was the only answer that I had. She would not have taken, we didn't name the baby for an answer. (laughs) (laughs) So I just told her peanut. And so since then we've called the baby peanut and, um, 
I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, no, that that's a great name. <laughs> Peanut's a great name. And she wouldn't have known, like she wouldn't have taken that no name. Uh, uh, she yeah. wouldn't take that line down. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Lady Peanut. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> so baby peanut it was. And um, my in-laws came on uh, the day before Christmas Eve. So only a day after we found out all of this stuff <laughs> and they, they were coming for Christmas, but it was a blessing to have them here because um, my mother-in-law and my sister's-in-law, they just took over all the practical side of life and really took care of me and made sure that I was still eating um <laughs> And made sure that I was still going to to sleep or trying to go to sleep. Um, made sure my house was clean. Just all the super practical things that when you're in the middle of freaking out and grieving that you just don't think about. Um, yeah. My natural tendency is to forget to eat when I'm stressed or hurting or whatever. And so to have somebody there to say, we made you food and you need to sit down and eat it was really <laughs> helpful for me. Um, and it was good for my husband to have someone to talk to and to process with besides me. Um, so I'm thankful that they were all here. And, um, so we had a follow-up appointment on New Year's Eve and they confirmed nothing had changed. Um, but I still was very much pregnant with a baby who was not alive um which is a really hard thing to process <laughs> yeah um but i'm thankful for our doctor he was very gracious and kind and he kind of laid out our options for us and said these are the options that you have um he didn't have any qualms about letting us continue until my body naturally miscarried um he did say that it would be like a heavy period, which is not true. But other than that, he was very helpful and kind. <laughs> um, and it, we're thankful for him too. Because I know, I know most people who go through this, their doctors just don't understand or um, don't know how to handle it. So I'm thankful for our doctor. Um, and he allowed my husband into that second ultrasound and that second appointment, even though he technically shouldn't have because of COVID. <laughs> um, so I'm thankful that he was willing to bend the rules a little bit um, because I needed my husband there. So, yeah. Um, so that was New Year's Eve. And then uh, January 5th, I started feeling everything that I told my clients was what labor was like. Um there was contractions. Um, I felt kind of sick to my stomach, <laughs> um, all of labor and didn't sleep very much that night. Um, and about, uh, two o'clock it got to the point where I couldn't even leave the toilet. I was bleeding too much. Um, and for those who don't know, you shouldn't ever, <laughs> you shouldn't be bleeding that much, um, as much <laughs> as I was. Um, the bleeding from uh, an early loss like that should um, should not fill a pad in less than an hour, except for at the height of loss, it can fill a pad twice in an hour. But if it's any more than that, it's at a dangerous level. Um, but I didn't know that. <laughs> and I was bleeding way, way too much. Um, 
And about three o'clock, um, I called for my husband and told him I thought I was going to throw up and I needed him to bring something for me to throw up into because I couldn't leave the toilet. <laughs> and he got to the bathroom just in time to catch me when I passed out. Um, so I'm sorry if that's TMI. No, but that's no, our story. honestly. And, it's all really important. Um, all really important. So that was very traumatizing for him. Yeah. So that was super traumatizing for my husband to catch his wife when I passed out. Um, and he, but he kept a level head and he got me on the floor um, and safely without hurting anything um, and waited for me to come to and then said, we're going to the emergency room right now. And you don't have a choice <laughs> because he knew that I would push back against that. I really did not want to go to the uh, the hospital. Um, but at that point I was so out of it. I just didn't even argue with him. Um, so we got to the hospital and we live in a very small town and it does have an ER, but it's not very well staffed. <laughs> um, even before COVID it wasn't, but again, this was COVID year. Um, it was January, 2021. So things were still weird because of COVID and, um, we got there and they were much more concerned about checking to see if I had a fever and if I had any signs of COVID than they were about the fact that there was literally a trail of blood coming into the emergency room. Um, and then my husband kind of got a little upset and he's normally a very much a teddy bear, doesn't get upset very easily at all. Um, and he was like, oh, my wife is bleeding out. Can we take her back to a room? And he was kind about it. He was, he was pretty chill in my opinion about it. And, <laughs> but it scared the nurse. Um, cause my husband is six, five and looks like a mountain. Um, and she called security on him. Oh, no. Um, and the security guard who came out was smaller than me and there's no way he would have been able to handle my husband if Colton had decided to fight back, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, and but eventually they realized, oh, there's actually an emergency going on here, and maybe we should bring this girl back. Um, so by that point, I was sitting in a wheelchair, and they wheeled me back into a room. And um, the on-call ER doctor came in, and he just treated it like it was any other intake for any other patient. Oh. Started asking me COVID screening questions and. Um, asked me if I knew that we had been pregnant and I was like, yes, we know that I'm miscarrying. Um, but he had no sense of urgency whatsoever. <laughs> and so I started feeling very much like I had felt in the bathroom earlier that night. And so I reached out and grabbed the doctor and I said, I need you to understand that I'm going to pass out right now. And then I did <laughs> pass out <laughs> on the hospital bed. Um, and when I came to again, they finally were taking me seriously. And I had IVs coming out of both arms. Um, and I actually felt much better at that point. I think <laughs> that just getting fluids into my body was healthy and helpful for me. Imagine that, right? Thinking about it afterwards with people, they were like, oh, I'm sure you were so scared or um, weren't you terrified? And really, I wasn't. Um and I'm not sure if that's because there were so many people praying for me or if it was because I was too out of it to register fear. <laughs> but 
um, really in those moments, all I felt was peace that, um, that the Lord would take care of me, that this was his plan. Um, even if I still did not understand it, um, and that everything would be okay, (laughs) which doesn't really make sense even now saying it. Um, but during all of that, they decided to do an ultrasound to, because they just didn't know if the baby was still there or not. Um, but there was so much bleeding in my body that they had to use like a a vacuum to kind of clean that out. And while they were doing that, the baby came out. Um, and I'm, even if that doctor was, was a little clueless at first, I'm so thankful for him later. (laughs) Um, because he got out our baby and he introduced me to our baby and brought the baby over from to me so that I could see him and meet him and touch him. Um, which I know lots of moms have not been able to meet their babies and that hurts my heart, <laughs> but I'm so thankful for that doctor and um, for his willingness to do that, to go the extra mile for us. Um And then he took the baby out to the parking lot where my husband was waiting and introduced Colton to Peanut. Um, And so my husband was able to take pictures that we later were able to look back on. Um, And I'm I'm thankful for that. (laughs) That was something that he did not need to do. And I think he technically rules to do that. But um, that was very special to my husband and I, and something that both of us still cherish. Uh, I'm sorry, I still can't talk about this part without crying. Oh, so that's okay. Just have to be okay. <laughs> you've got, you've got um, me crying too. So yeah, so that's rubbing it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so that's our birth story. <laughs> Um, and they did finish the ultrasound and the ultrasound tech said that I have a beautiful uterus. So whatever that means. <laughs> um, and uh, so later in the morning, um, we have a good friend, somebody that I consider like a second mom that works in that ER. And she just happened to be on shift that morning. Um, and when she got to the hospital, she saw our car sitting in the parking lot and uh, she immediately went over, found my husband and found out what was going on, prayed with him and cried with him. And then she came in and when she clocked in, she came immediately to my room um, and prayed with me and cried with me and hugged me and really validated so much of what I was feeling Um she had had a loss right before um, I was born and uh, she has a daughter that's a few months younger than me. Um, so she had a loss before that. Her very first baby was also a loss. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, so she understood what I was going through and she knew how to pray for me and what to pray for me in that moment. Um, and that was just another grace of God <laughs> that Um, I needed a friend and that she was there for us. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then eventually I was sent home. Um, 
to try and sort out what life was going to look like now. Um, one of my favorite quotes as a doula is that every time something about every time a baby is born, a mother is also born. Um, and I think that's true even when the baby who is born has died, that the mother, the that the person that you are after birth, even of a, a baby who has died, is not the same as the one before. Um, the mother is also born. And um, so as lost mamas, we are moms. And we are different after birth than we were before. Um, and that's okay. It's a normal thing and it's a healthy thing. But sometimes it's a lot of work to try and work through. Um, and it is an emotional and messy process. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that's a process that I've been learning now for two years. We just passed the the two-year anniversary of all of that um, just a couple weeks ago. So, um, and I clearly am still messy <laughs> about it because I'm still crying about it even two years <laughs> later. And that's okay. Um, but messiness is okay. <laughs> I, I've got to say that bit where they're like, oh, you know, you have such a nice uterus. It's like, what? Like, what does that do for me right now? Nothing. Like, don't tell me <laughs> I have a nice uterus. Like, I've just lost yeah. a baby. Like, like, oh, but you should, but you shouldn't have any <laughs> problems now. And it's like, I just went through like full on trauma, and you're saying that that's doesn't doesn't quite fit but thanks and you're telling me I have a beautiful uterus yeah yeah and and what you said is so valid like when it comes to um giving birth regardless of whether the baby is 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 going to be here on earth or whether it's going to go to heaven like you know if the baby's gone um you still had a birth you still have a postpartum and I think so many women forget and don't think that they're going through a postpartum. I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com. Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed.